This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Dr. Cat Gone to the Dogs is brought to you by Heroes for Healthy Pets. We're passionate about your pet's health and iHeartDogs.com. dog lovers. Welcome to Dr. Cat Gone to the Dog. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian in Tennessee, and I am a dog lover extraordinaire. I think that dogs are a huge part of my life and a huge part of my practice, and I'm excited to share with you all the things that I've learned and I know and I laugh about about dogs. So today I have with me Dr. Cherie Buisson, who is with Helping Hands Pet Hospice. She is an expert on helping pet owners and dog lovers specifically deal with long-term disease processes that may or may not be a terminal process. So we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsors and come back with Dr. Buisson after these short messages. You know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster? Yeah, we've got you covered. Introducing World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. Zero Mess combines the concentrated power of corn with super-absorbent plant fibers. Translation, scoop once and you're done. Find it at a pet store near you and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we're back. And we are talking with Dr. Cherie Buisson today. And I would love to welcome you, Dr. Buisson. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. This is very exciting. Well, all dog lovers are going to experience an end-of-life issue. But before we get into end of life, I kind of want to talk about ongoing life because some of the disease processes that we deal with in our dogs are not exactly curable, but not exactly terminal. Can we talk about some of those things? Definitely. The first one that comes to mind would be arthritis. Uh, This is probably the number one reason that I see large dogs. The owners call me all upset because the dog is down, can't get up miserable and uncomfortable and they're ready for euthanasia. And what upsets me so much is that a lot of these pets, when I get to them, have never seen a dose of pain medication or a supplement for their joints, nothing. And I think if I had just been able to get to you a few months ago, we probably wouldn't be here right now. And it's just a shame because a lot of people don't recognize that there's so much we can do to help with arthritis and to make these pets more comfortable. And so their pets just are in pain until they need to be euthanized. And it doesn't have to be that way. So I'm hoping that the more we can educate pet owners and let them know how to recognize pain and what arthritis looks like and know that you don't just have to say they're old, he's got arthritis, that's the way it it is. It doesn't have to be. It can absolutely be managed for years and years with the right therapies. 
So it's not just getting old. I hear that a lot also. And then I hear the clients come back and say, whatever you gave her made her a new dog. And that's, <laughs> that's wonderful, but kind of sad because, it, you know, we missed it. So oh, I hope we can raise expectations and raise awareness today of what we can do to help. Definitely. I want to see you know clients going into the vet's office and saying, my pet is limping. And so I know that means they're in pain because right now, a client will come in and say, well, he's limping, but he doesn't seem to be in pain. I have never in my life limped when I didn't hurt. There are a very few exceptions to that rule, animals that are born with a deformity and so their gait is abnormal, but almost all of those pets that have an abnormal gait will eventually develop arthritis because of it. So if your pet is limping, your pet is hurting and they don't have to cry to hurt. And that's a, another big misconception is they're not crying, so they're not in pain. And that is not the case. Animals can be in excruciating pain and never make a sound. Well, you know, I'm always kind of shocked when I hear that because things like osteosarcoma, which we know statistically is excruciatingly painful. I'll see dogs that are dealing with that. And the owner will say, well, I don't think he's in pain. And I'm looking at a dog that won't bear weight on one of his legs. And I'm just astounded that they think that. So I want this show to raise awareness that you don't have to cry to hurt. Like you said, with your hashtag, don't have to cry to hurt. Animals are so brave. So if there's anything abnormal about your dog, I want you to be alert and ask your veterinarian. Dr. Wieson, you have a list of things that people could look for that might be warning signs, don't you? Absolutely. So limping is the first. If they are leaning to one side or walking abnormally or holding up a leg, definitely a, a major sign of pain. Uh, difficulty getting up and down. Those pets that kind of pace around before they lie down or they really have to kind of struggle to get up, but then they kind of warm out of it. Those are classic signs of osteoarthritis in dogs. If their walks are getting slower and shorter, or if they have a normal walk and then they come home and they sleep all day because it was just exhausting to them and, and painful. Growling, sometimes they will growl or flinch or twitch their skin like a horse that's shaking off flies. Those are all things that are signs of pain. And there are times where pain is only visible when a trained professional palpates their body and touches their body and can see the signs of pain. I've had pets that were in a lot of pain that the only sign was when I touched the painful part, their eyes dilated. That is not something that owners are looking for. So we need to encourage pet owners to go to the veterinarian and have an assessment for pain and be aware that things like limping and slowing down are not normal aging signs. Those are signs of a painful disease process that can be treated and we can give our pets a lot more time if we can catch these things early and start treating their pain early. Good time. Not just time, but good time. Yes. So, yes, I agree. So, little things like I see a lot of a strange gait, like the dog just is kind of stiff. And I want my clients to tell me if they think their dog is stiff, because that's, that's a warning sign to me. Yes. Yeah, stiffness, soreness. Think about it. If your dog gets out of the bed and looks like a person with back pain, you know, how do you get out of the bed in the morning? I haven't woken up in years without pain. And I know what that looks like. I hold my head to one side or I, you know, they can't put their paw to the small of their back, but they do sometimes hump their back up and arch it up in the air. They stretch, but they don't stretch their legs all the way back like they used to. But if they seem stiff and sore, they are. So we need to get that addressed. 
And it's like a miracle with some of these dogs. We put them on supplements and pain medications and do a good multimodal pain management, which means we're doing lots of different things to minimize the side effects of all of them. I think we can give these pets not only a longer life, but such a terrific quality of life and reduce those visits where, you know, they're down in the rear and now there's nothing that that we can do. I agree. And I love multimodal approach. I definitely use that. Things like supplements and special diets and physical therapy and exercise programs and non-steroidal pain coverage, all kinds. And your veterinarian can come up with a recipe that will work for you. You should not be afraid because these are safe medications when they're administered in the hands of your own veterinarian. Definitely. And I don't recommend using any over-the-counter anything without talking to your vet about it because these things aren't necessarily regulated and you can do your pet harm with them. I know one of the things that is coming about and people are so excited about, and I don't think anyone's more excited than the hospice vet community, is cannabis. And people are just administering willy-nilly all kinds of supplements and things. Those things are not regulated. So anyone can put one out there and we don't know if there's enough too much. And I've had clients say, oh, well, the, the manufacturer says they can eat the whole bag and not be toxic. And I think, well, then there's probably not enough in there to be doing anything for you. Right. But yeah, pet, pet owners should know that there is actual scientific research going on because veterinarians have fought to try to get so that we can do studies on this, safe dosages are, what it can be used for effectively. So consult with your veterinarian and ask them about it, but keep your eyes open. You know, there's lots of information coming out, but just because something says in studies we found does not make it a scientific study or any good. We need to have good quality studies. And and I know the vet school up in Colorado is working on that now, which I'm extremely excited about. But again, even if that comes out as being part of our pain approach, it's not the only thing. We need to do multimodal pain management so that we're covering all the different types of ways that pain can be caused. Well, it's not an easy button. And managing pain is never just here, take this one pill. It's going to be a process and it's going to be individualized to the pet and the level of their pain and the source of their pain. So work with your veterinarian to find that perfect recipe for your dog because there is one and there is a recipe that will help. So don't despair. Don't despair. And I say, you know, we get pets that are down in the rear and can't get up and then it's too late. That isn't always the case. I had a hospice case recently where the dog had hurt himself jumping up at a loud noise and had been painful and was down and they called me for euthanasia. And I said, I will absolutely do this for you. But I think maybe he just aggravated an injury. And if we did some pain medication, we might be okay. And they were so grateful. And I went over and their veterinarian had already started a great multimodal pain protocol. I just changed some dosages and increased medications and added a few things. And in two days, that dog was rolling around on his back, kicking the cushions off the couch because he felt so good. So it's always a chance that we can help. Unfortunately, once they're down, a lot of these dogs have lost so much muscle that they they just literally cannot come back from that. Even if we control their pain, they just don't have the strength anymore. And so if we catch this early and we get them on an exercise program, if we help them lose weight, weight loss is such an important part of managing arthritis pain. There's just so much we can do. And it's so frustrating to see these pets that have never had a chance because they're not on any kind of control for this arthritis pain. And so if we can raise awareness, that would just be fantastic. 
So I think that arthritis is not the only thing. It is super common and uh, weight control is super common. And I see some other things that are pain causing like dental disease. But there are some disease processes that we know to be terminal. And in those cases, that would be where hospice would come in. So can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly. So hospice care is basically palliative medicine, which is comfort care at the end of a patient's life. So for arthritis, we use palliative care because they typically don't die from directly from arthritis. They die from complications of it. But things like cancer that they're actually going to die from, we can provide comfort care for that. And cancer is one of my pet subjects because it's such a scary word. I remember as a kid hearing the word cancer and my stomach would get tight and I'd get upset because I, I lost my grandfather to cancer when I was young. And now, you know, I hear the word cancer and I think, oh, there's things we can do. And one of the things I recommend is if your pet has been diagnosed with cancer, if it is at all possible, have a consultation with an oncologist or an internal medicine specialist. If your veterinarian is well-versed in chemotherapy, have that consultation. It doesn't obligate you to do anything, but There are so many things we can do for cancer in pets and animals do not respond to chemo like people do. That's our big fear is that they're going to be throwing up all the time and they're going to be miserable and they're going to be hurting. We don't see that as much in animals because we can't give them doses that high or they would just give up and die. We can't explain to them, you're going to be miserable for six months, but then things are going to be okay. So what we need to do is have that consultation so that you know what your pet is facing, what the odds are what kind of side effects there might be. Now, if it's not for you, if, if it's not affordable, if you don't have anyone in your area that does that, that's fine. But definitely check into it. Don't be afraid of going to see an oncologist if your vet recommends it. It can really set your mind at ease that the decision you're making is well-informed. Absolutely. And I tell my clients all the time, pets tolerate chemotherapy way better than you might think. Their hair doesn't fall out. They don't have a lot of the side effects that people do. So certainly follow your veterinarian's advice and get information. Again, knowledge is power. Find out what you're up against and what the options are so you can make an informed choice. So we're going to come back with Dr. Buisson after these short messages. If you've ever shared your home and heart with a charmingly naughty animal who's always up to mischief, you'll fall in love with the Klepto Kitty who stars in Talk to the Paw by Melinda Metz. Talk to the Paw is a funny, heartwarming novel about a single girl, a single guy, and MacGyver, an adorable tabby cat with a not-so-adorable habit of stealing from the neighbors. Talk to the Paw is on sale now everywhere books are sold. Visit kensingtonbooks.com for more info. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back. And 
and we are talking with Dr. Sheree Buisson today. So I would like to raise people's awareness, too, of little subtle things that they might see and not realize on their dog that might be an indication that they need to see their veterinarian. Can you think of some things? Definitely. So any kind of change in behavior, if they're sleeping in different spots, sleeping in different positions, if they are suddenly crabbier, if they're suddenly more clingy, any kind of lumps or bumps should be checked out. The rule is if the lump is the size of a green pea and has been there for a month, it needs to be checked out. You cannot tell if something is cancer by looking at it. You need to check it out. Changes in appetite, changes in drinking and urination. If your dog is suddenly emptying the water bowl and needing to go out all the time or having accidents in the house, we need to get to the vet right away and find out what that is. So those are just a few of the things, but changes are so important. When we go to vet school, they teach us, you have to know what normal is first. And no one knows normal in their own pet better than the pet owner. So you know what normal is for your pet. If they're changing their behavior, it's up to us to find out why and to take them to the vet. I would rather you go to the vet, spend an exam fee and find out nothing is wrong than to miss the fact that something really bad is wrong. And if we had only caught it sooner, they would have been okay. I agree with that completely. I give my clients my email address and I tell them, you email me a hundred times. And if one of those emails was something that I really needed to know, then I'm okay with you emailing me a hundred times because we don't want to overlook our patients can't tell us. So it's very important. Right. And they're going to tell their owners before they tell us because we don't see them if everything seems okay. So if there are changes, investigate, figure it out. You know, it could be all kinds of things, but it could also be something very bad. And so we want to make sure that we address those things as quickly as possible. Well, bad gets worse when we don't know about it. Mm -hmm. So also the routine wellness exams, because you may not have perceived that anything is changing and your vet may, it just may be screaming to your vet, oh my goodness dental care, dental disease, or, you know, uh, maybe a heart murmur, something that you would not know. So do not underestimate the value of wellness visits and wellness testing. Yes, we were just talking about this earlier before the show that clients don't often notice huge amounts of weight loss in their pets because they see them every single day. So even getting your pet into the vet to be weighed, and so the vet can compare what I saw last time to what I see this time. Your dog's heart murmur may have gotten worse, but you don't know that because you're probably not listening to them with a stethoscope. So we need to have those visits and we need to make sure that that we're keeping our pets up to date, that we're checking blood work to make sure everything is okay, and that we're not just waiting for them to be very sick to take them to the vet. I can't count how many times I've heard someone say, well, he's been acting like this for six months and we just decided, you know, it's time to bring him in and the pet is just in such bad shape. There's not a whole lot that we can do anymore. The options are gone. Yeah, I hate that. Mm-hmm. So end of life is euthanasia is the elephant in the room and having euthanized many pets because I've always been a pet lover and I remember each one and that is a place where what you do makes such a huge impact. So in the event that a pet does have to be euthanized, can you talk a little bit about how that can be made better? Euthanasia is one of my pet subjects, so to speak. I teach veterinary professionals around the world about how we can do euthanasia better, how we can talk to clients about euthanasia better. Your vet does not want to euthanize your pet just because they have been working hard on them. They want them to live with you as long as possible. But sometimes we get to a point 
where we need to start thinking about it. And, you know, hospice care is a great way to do that because we start with supporting you and supporting your pet and keeping them comfortable. And we have those conversations about what it's going to look like when it's time, what you want their passing to look like. Some people want to get absolutely every second out of their pet that they can. And some people want to make sure that they have control over their end, that they're there and that they're with their pet and that their pet is not alone and they're not on vacation. And so we need to know what that looks like. And and that's something that I hope all veterinary professionals will bring up to their clients, but I know not all of them do. So don't be afraid to discuss it. Again, you're not committed to euthanizing your pet if you discuss it at a vet visit. So we need to be more more open and honest about our discussions about euthanasia and to understand that we're giving our pets the gift of not suffering. It doesn't feel like a gift to us, but to them, it's a gift. And so you are not murdering your best friend. That's not what this is about. This is about if we can't keep them comfortable then we need to make them comfortable permanently by letting them go. And it's so important that we realize how lucky we are that we have this option because people have to suffer all the way to the end. Fortunately, that's starting to change across the world. But right now, most people to have to hang in there until things are done. And that can be often a very ugly process. So we want to make sure that we are using euthanasia as a treatment option and not avoiding it because it's ugly and scary, but rather talking about it so that we know and planning ahead. The clients that have the passing that they want are usually the ones that call me ahead of time. We get set up. I'm supporting them all the way. I'm checking in with them. So I know when their pet's getting close and I can say, here are the openings in my schedule this week. What do you want to do? And we can choose to adjust their medication, add things, subtract things, or we can choose to say goodbye. But it's really important that pet owners be supported. And that's why people like me do what I do. I'm on the phone with clients all of the time because I have that time built into my schedule. Well, you know, it's funny. People ask me, how do you stand that? How do you do that? Isn't euthanasia the least favorite part of your job? And I say no, and that always shocks people. It isn't because euthanasia is sometimes a blessing because I can be in control of my friend's passing rather than waiting for it to be out of control and and inhumane. My least favorite part of my job is when there's something that I could do to make things better for a pet and for whatever reason, I'm not allowed to. That is my least favorite part of my job. Oh, I totally agree with that. The frustration of not being able to do anything is horrible. We want to help. We're healers by nature and we want to help make your pet better. But there are times where we just can't. And euthanasia is something that we need to be respectful of that we have this option because watching pets suffer is the worst part of veterinary medicine by far. Oh, I agree. It is a blessing. So I think it's a blessing and I love what you do. And I thank you so much for joining me today because I hope that dog lovers everywhere can develop a brand new way of looking at this and also understand that veterinarians are here to help them and be a part of their team in grieving. When I lose one of my patients, it hurts me too. And we can all stand together and hold hands and tell stories about the funny time when she was a puppy and ate a shoe or whatever to try to make that better and just be a team together. And I think what you do is just a super valuable service. I thank you for doing it. Thank you so much. And thank you for helping me to raise awareness because this is exactly what we need is people talking about that hospice care and palliative care can make a huge difference to pets and pet owners. 
Well, I thank you for what you do and for joining me today on Dr. Cat Gone to the Dogs. I also want to thank my producer, Mark Wincher, and everyone out there. I want you to all go out and raise the roof. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.